Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Welcome back to church, and thank you guys for letting us uh, get a little break there. Uh, We took the last Sunday of the year off, and we did that last year as well. And uh, thank you for allowing us to give that opportunity to all of our volunteers who are here week in and week out and make this place go around. And I just want to say as the pastor, thank you guys for who, uh, those of you who serve on our teams and make this place happen. We appreciate you so much. Uh, I also want to say if you're, if you're ever interested in serving on one of our teams, uh, being part of, um, I mean, we've got greeters teams, hospi- hospitality greeters, Breeze over that. We've got Adam here who's over media and um, sound and worship and kids and all the different you know, youth group. We've got a lot of different areas. If you have an area of passion, we want to connect you to your area of passion. And so if you've uh, never been through our Belong class, that's how we would kind of connect you with one of our teams. Go through the Belong class and listen to the vision, mission, strategy, how we got started, and, um, and you can find out how to get connected to a team Although I will say some of you have probably gone through that, the Belong class, and for whatever reason, maybe you started on a team, stopped serving, um, maybe you fell through the cracks, or maybe you never followed through with, um, you know, getting on a team. I just want to say we would love to get you connected serving on a team. And, and listen, it can be as little as, you know, once a month if you want to serve on a team once a month. And I would say it's, it's um, so yeah, it doesn't have to be every Sunday. Um, we don't want, we actually don't want you serving every Sunday. We actually want you in the seats sometimes, just receiving and not, you know, out running around every week. Um, but it's something for you. It's really not, we benefit, of course, from it, but you benefit from it as well. You benefit when you put your hand to something and you serve in something. And uh, an illustration I like to give is this. How many have ever been to Israel? And um, you've been to the Dead Sea, um, illustration I like to give is this. The Dead Sea has rivers flowing into it. It's the lowest place on earth. But there's no rivers that flow out of it. So what happens to the Dead Sea is that it is the saltiest body of water on the earth. And no fish live there. Nothing lives there because it's too salty. Well, how many know church can be a blessing to us? We can have rivers of life flowing into us. We have the word of God. We have worship. You know, your favorite worship, you know, whatever, your small group. There can be these rivers of life flowing into you. But if you have nothing flowing out of you, you can actually become a pool of, of stagnant. You can become stagnant in your, in your walk. And so it's actually a life-giving thing for you to put your hand to something and to be able to pour out as well. So if you don't have anything like that in your life, I want to encourage you to find that. And uh, serving on a team here would certainly be a good place um, to have a life-giving experience to flow out of you. So I want to encourage you to do that. Thank you again to all of our team members who serve every week. I hope you enjoyed uh, your little break there. And uh, man, it went by really quick, didn't it? (laughs) We enjoyed it. My wife and I, we, we did enjoy it. Um, we're kicking off a new series today um, called Vision 2020, and uh, I've, I've thought for years now, I know it's going to be the year 2020, and all these gimmicky like Vision 2020 thing, or there's going to be building campaigns where they're like, Vision 2020, and I'm like, I know it's gimmicky, I know it you know, might seem cheesy, but we're doing it anyway. So <laughs> the title of our series is uh, Vision 2020, and um, we're going to, the series is going to coincide with our 14 days of prayer and fasting that we'll be doing. And so the next uh, three messages that you'll hear will coincide with that. Um, the, the first uh, message that we're going to do is going to be focusing upward, focusing on our relationship with God. 
okay? Prioritizing our relationship with God. The next one we'll do, we'll talk about inward. We'll talk about um, how to be a healthy person, how to get healing from our past so that we can have hope and health for our future. That'll be the second message. And then the third message, we'll talk about outward, how to shine this light in our city, in our world, in our family, in our workplace, all around us. So that's where we're going. That's what we'll be doing in the next um, uh, couple weeks here. And I am really excited that on the 21st, it's our two-year anniversary, a Tuesday, we're going to have worship prayer happening here. It's going to be a beautiful thing. So I hope, you, hope we see you guys here. Um, so today we're talking about focusing upward. We're talking about putting our focus on God. I know that preaching a message like this, I will never regret. I will never, I will never stand before God, you know, at the end of my life when I stand before him. I will never regret teaching people to put God first and make God a priority in their lives. And so I'm going to preach a message I really believe in today, uh, which is putting God first, making him the first priority in your life. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34, um, says this. Um, one of the teachers of the law came and hearing, uh, hearing them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Verse 29, the most important one, Jesus answered Jesus, is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Okay? What did he leave out? Love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. He didn't leave, he, he left nothing out. That is you. That is everything you are. Okay? And that is the command. That is our design. Our design is to, um, when we're um, doing things the correct way, is to put God and to love him with everything. And it's also a key to be happy. Like when we're doing things according to our created design, it's a way to be happy in our lives. Um, Jesus said in, in another account of this, um, um, it's not the Great Commission, it's the great, first commandment, the greatest commandment. Um, in, in Matthew, when Jesus talks about this scripture, he says that all the law and the prophets hang on these two things. Love God, love people. All the law and the prophets hang and hinge on this. Okay, now I'll just say if you're a new believer or you haven't been walking with him very long or maybe you have but you don't know, you know much about the Bible or Christianity, if you do this one thing, these two things actually, you will do well. You will do well. If you love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, strength, and you love others, you will do well. You don't have to know the entire Bible. I, I think it's good to know the Bible and I'll be talking about that here in a minute. But you will have done well to put God first, make him a priority in your lives, and to love other people. It's the first and greatest commandment, put God first. The title of my message today is First Thing First, okay? First Thing First. Today is the new, um, today is the first Sunday of a new year, and it's the first Sunday of the 2020s, of a new, of a new decade. And I just want to encourage you guys to put God first in this new year, in this new decade, okay? I personally, I want to look back, I want to look back on this year. And, and um, I want, and this, and this decade, I want God to get everything out of my life that he wants out of it. I, I, want, I want to um, walk in everything, do everything that he has called me to put my hands to. I don't want to have regrets. And I'm sure that over the next year and over the next decade, there will be things I wish I'd done differently. You know, maybe you already have something like that. It's only 
well, today's the fifth, <laughs> you know. Maybe you already have some regrets for the new year, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I would have done things differently this year already. Like, I'm sure there's a few. But I do want God to get the full, um, um, everything out of my life that he wants to get out of it, okay? And I want that for you as well. Do you ever have those seasons, I don't know if you're in the season now, those seasons where you just like went totally after God? You made him first, you went hardcore after him. Do you regret those seasons? I've never regretted a season where I made Jesus a priority in my life. Have you? I've never regretted that. And so a way to live without regret this next year, this next decade, is putting God first in our lives. And I know for you it'll be the best thing, and it's the happiest way to live, the most fulfilled way to live, is putting God first in our lives. Um, we were created to worship. This is your created design is to worship. And if you're not worshiping God, or he's not first priority in your life, I will say this, you will worship something. Something is number one in your life. Something has that first seat, that first priority in your life. Something will be there. You are worshiping something. You were created for worship. Um, Colossians chapter 1, uh, I'm sorry, Colossians 1 verses 15 through 16, it says this, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Okay, all things were created through, through God, through Jesus, and for Jesus. You were created by God for God. That is your design. Okay, anytime we use something that's created, something it's created design, anytime you use it outside of its created design, it's actually a perversion of that thing, right? Um, anytime you um, are used in such a way that you don't have God prioritized in your life, it's actually a perversion of, of the created design that God has for you. And so I brought a bag of illustrations today, so we're going to do some show and tell. <laughs> I want to illustrate this, putting God first in our lives. Now, here I have three blocks, and we're actually going to, let's make God the priority. Okay, he's the top block now, okay. Okay, we have things in our lives that are parties. Um, your spouse, your kids, your job, your, you know, your stuff, whatever it is. But God wants to be the first priority in your life. But here's the cool thing. When, in my life, when God is the highest priority, I'm actually a better husband to my wife. I'm actually a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better friend. I'm a better coworker when God is on the throne in my life. And so... Um, you don't want your spouse to put you before God. You don't want your friends to prioritize you before God. Okay? You want them, you want the people around you to put God first. Listen, as a pastor, my goodness, please don't ever put me before God. You know? Why? Because I'm not God. And I'm sure, and I cannot fulfill, you know, things that God does in your life. Right? I will definitely fail you. Okay? If you're, if you're putting me on that, in that position. And so, um, I'm a better husband when God is first in my life. Why? Because God actually advocates for my wife. I spend time with Jesus, and he's like, hey, you're, you're being a little selfish, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you need to take her on a date. You need to, that thing you said was a little mean. I was a little sharp. You need to be kinder to her, right? 
He advocates for her. He shows me I'm wrong. Okay? So putting Jesus first actually makes you better. Um, we, on our little break that we got to have, we spent some time um, near Woodland Park. We, we were uh, stayed in a cabin for a couple days up there. And Woodland Park is right by, like, a 14er. Pikes Peak. And so every morning I'd wake up and look out the window like, there's Pikes Peak, you know. <laughs> and I've got the gear, I've got the guts, and I've got the fitness. I know I can get up it, you know. And, but the problem is this, like, I would have to take the car, leave her there. She'd be there all day, stuck with the kids. And it would take all day for me to do it. And they weren't, you know, I tried to talk them into it too, but they wouldn't do it. And my wife was like, go, yeah, you can go. No, that's fine. You should go, go do it, crush it. You know what I mean? I just had this check in my spirit. I was like, this feels like a really selfish move for me. <laughs> just like ditch them on our family vacation, you know, and go crush a 14er by myself. Well, what was the Holy Spirit doing? He's, he's giving me that, that check in my spirit. Like, okay, this is not prioritizing. You're here with your family. Do some family stuff together, okay? So putting God in first place, he will actually advocate for the people in your life, for your coworkers. He'll tell you to forgive. He'll help you be a better coworker, better father, better, better uh, mother, 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 <laughs> my mutter, mutter once told me, okay, so um, you don't want to be God in anyone's life because you're not a good God, okay, and I'm not a good God, okay, and you don't want anyone else on the throne of your life because they're not a good God, anything you make God that isn't God will, is destined to fail you. Anything you put in first priority, it is destined to fail you. Try it. You know, if you don't believe me, try it. Um, learn the hard way. So may, the main thing is this. Put God first, first priority. And he, um, what comes next? You know, is it spouse? Is it job? Is it whatever it is? Actually, put God first. He will help you with the rest. He'll help you prioritize the rest of those things there. And it'll, it'll flow correctly. Okay. So... Um, Psalms uh, chapter 16, verse 8. King David said this. He said, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. So King David made this. I'm going to take out these other priorities because they've served their illustration. King David says, I have intentionally set the Lord before me. I have kept my eyes on the Lord. Now, how many know the Lord, the immovable object here of the two, me and the Lord, it's not the Lord. <laughs> He's not the immovable object. But you, in your heart of hearts, you have the priority that you can set the Lord ever before you. And sometimes the Lord will try to move and change priorities in life. King David says, I have, I have intentionally set the Lord ever before me. Listen, I want to tell you this next year, there are going to be some things that try to come in and take that position, take that priority in your lives. And you're going to have to be intentional to say, no, I'm going to set the Lord ever before me. Oh, there's this distraction. No, I'm going to set the Lord ever before me. Every day, I'm going to set the Lord ever before me. There's a muscle memory that we're going to have to learn. Otherwise, we will end up in the fringes on all kinds of, you know, in the ditches on both sides, and it won't be good for us, okay? Set the Lord ever before you. Um, today, I just want to give you three practical ways to keep the Lord set ever before you. And this will work for this year, this will work for the next decade, all right? Point number one, to keep your focus on God, keep his word before you. Keep the Bible in front of you, okay? Um, this is interesting to me, but when Jesus said to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, he was 
uh, quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I want to actually read from that section of scripture. It says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Uh, These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Watch this, verse 7. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Okay, this is what the scripture is supposed to be to us. We're supposed to take it and impress them on our children. And as we're picking them up from school and going home from school, we're supposed to talk about the Bible and talk about what they're learning in in kids' church right now. And when they lay down the bed, like, let's pray with them and let's read scripture to them, right? Impress, they're in that formative years, impress this upon your children. It's so important. It's so important. Um, but for us as well, keep these words in front of you. Man, sometimes write scriptures on your mirror or scriptures you want to memorize. Put them up on your mirror or in your car and recite them and just get them in your heart. So important to have the word of God in our heart. I think there's a, um, a famine of the word of God in the, in the church. I think a lot of Christians don't know the Bible anymore. We need the Bible. We need the word of God. It needs to be our spiritual food. Okay, so... Mature believers, they, they dine on this. This is, food, this is good food, right? Mature believers go to this and, and enjoy the food and the fellowship with the Lord as they read it. Um, I have kids, and I'm pretty sure, my, my daughter Evie, I'm pretty sure she would eat cereal for like every meal. <laughs> like if, if I let her, it's like she would eat cereal for every, every single meal. Kids have, they tend to have a very simple, like, you know, palate, right? But when you become an adult, you, you kind of, like, learn to appreciate more complex fa- flavors and spicy food and savory foods and different things like that. And listen, I just want to encourage you, with the Word of God, there's, um, you know, there's some sweet stuff in here. There's some broccoli in here. Right? There's some savory stuff in here. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Okay? Learn to appreciate it all. Like, some of it's like, ooh, ouch. You know what I mean? Some of it's like, God, why did you say that? Why did you say it that way? You know? Learn with the Holy Spirit, of course. If we, if we read this aside from the Holy Spirit, we're going to get off track. With the Holy Spirit, read the Word of God. Ask Him about it. Fellowship with Him. Grow close to Him through it. Okay? Um, now, to kind of help illustrate this. I'm, as a pastor, I'm always trying to get people to read the Bible. I'm always like, you got to get the Bible. You have to read it. You have, it needs to be part of your life. And, um, you know, I was, a, I was a college pastor for a long time, too, a young adult pastor. And, and sometimes people would be like, I just don't have time. Or I, I missed it. And I'm like, read it. You know, read the Bible. Come on. Take the time. Do it. And um, to illustrate this, I have a video. Now, how many, i got to introduce the video. How many have seen the movie Napoleon Dynamite? Okay, so if you're, I'm, I'm going to be 40 this year. I'm turning 40 this year, so big one coming up for me. If you're 10 years, more than 10 years older than me and more than 10 years younger than me, you might not know this movie, and you can just, your eyes can glaze over for a minute if you want, because <laughs> actually this might offend you. Um, <laughs> but this is how I feel sometimes as a pastor trying to get people to eat their spiritual food. So go ahead and go ahead and play that video. 
Eat your food, Tina. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes when people won't read their Bible, I'm like, eat your food, Tina. Eat, read your Bible. Come on. That's when I start telling people when they're like, don't have their quiet times. And don't spend time with the Lord. I'm like, eat your food, Tina. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you eat it right now. So, so you can use that one for the youth group. I don't know. Of course, they might not know that movie. It's older than they are now. Uh, in my this is my next, my next prop, by the way. In my early 20s, um, I want to show you the Bible that I read in my early 20s. This is kind of like my travel Bible, my show Bible. This is the one I read mostly now. It's the NIV. But the Bible, I cut my teeth on, like in my early 20s. This is what it looks like. It's got duct tape. It was falling apart. Like, there are things underlined in here and highlighted and all this different stuff. Like, this was, this was the, the Bible I cut my teeth on, okay? I want us to have Bibles that are falling apart. We should have Bibles that are falling apart, and they're highlighted, and we, you know, know things, and, you know. You know, you ever get a, and I've lost a few Bibles since then, I have new Bibles, so I've had a few Bibles since this. But you ever, like, underline something in the Bible, and then you get a new Bible, and it's not on the same page, like, and you're like, no, I liked it there, now it's over here, you know. Anyway. Read your Bible. Eat your food, Tina. Okay? Your Bible should look like this. It should be falling apart. And uh, hopefully no one leaves the church now. Okay. But I, I'm a, a, my wife can say this, you know, can, can testify to this. I'm, I'm kind of a goal guy. I like, I like goals. Um, I try not to set too many, but I, I like some of the goals that I set. But listen, make a commitment to, to read the Word. Um, and maybe you can't commit to it every day, but maybe, maybe five days a week. You could say, I can read the Word. I can get in the Word five days a week, you know, times 52 weeks, whatever that is a year. Um, make a commitment to be in the Word every day. Some people like the one-year Bible. There's an app on the one-year Bible. I personally, I don't like the one-year Bible. I like to just have the Bible itself and read it. But make a commitment to set a goal to read the Bible every day, to get into it every day. Um, one of the... One of the problems I think we have, though, speaking of one-year Bible, is it's on your phone. And you're reading your Bible on your phone, and then the notifications are coming up on your phone, and Facebook, and Instagram, and all these different things. I personally, I like to get my phone away from me when I read the Bible. Like, get it out. I don't need it 24-7. Get the Bible in front of me. Read it for that time. That really helps me kind of to stay focused. So, okay. So keep the word before you. I have set the Lord ever before me. Okay, so that's point number one. Point number two, to keep your focus on God, is stay connected to other believers. You're here now. Congratulations, you're at church, so I'm preaching a little bit to the choir. But um, I want to say this because it's important, and distractions happen all throughout the year and will happen throughout the next decade. Satan wants to alienate you from this. Satan does not want you here. Like, when you have a fight on the way home or on the way to church, that's Probably not a coincidence. Satan does not want you here. He doesn't want you in small groups. He doesn't want you in fellowship with other believers. He wants to alienate you, isolate you, so that he can do some crazy things in your life, okay? <clears throat> um, 
It is true that the presence of God is everywhere at once. He is omnipresent, right? Ever present. That is true. And some people will be like, well, I don't need to go to church because God's in the mountains, or God's here, or God's there. And that is true. God is everywhere at once. You can, you can enjoy God anywhere you go. But I will say this, and I've, I've talked about this a little bit before. God manifests himself differently in different ways in different settings. Okay, and I'll go ahead and put that slide on the screen. I just want to highlight this real quick. There's five dimensions of God's presence that, that, are, that are different. Yes, he's everywhere at once. So omnipresent, Jeremiah 23 and other scriptures talk about how he's everywhere at once. Um, obviously, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, Holy Spirit takes up residence in your heart, right? That's not the same as him being everywhere else. Like God lives in my heart. There's a different dynamic, a different dimension with him being in my heart. Um, small gatherings. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst, Right? Well, isn't he already there because there's one or, you know, none of you? Isn't he everywhere at once? Well, what's different? He shows up in a different way where two or three are intentionally gathered in his name. This is one of the reasons why we really believe in small groups, why we believe that you should be in community and known in small groups. And you'll have an opportunity in a couple weeks to sign up for one. Um, And then large gatherings like this. Uh, Psalms chapter 22, it says this, that God inhabits the praises of his people. So God shows up in a different way here. He inhabits our praises. When we, come, when we come together intentionally like this and worship together, he shows up in a different way that he wouldn't by yourself. Okay? And then, of course, and we know that God is in heaven, uh, Psalm uh, chapter 2. Okay, three of these manifestations you can't do by yourself. Notice that. The small gatherings, the large gatherings, and in heaven, you're not going to be by yourself. I'm sorry for you introverts. Heaven's a big place, and there are people who you don't want to be there are probably going to be there, right? <laughs> like, oh, I forgave you, like, every day, and here you are, you know? <laughs> yes, they'll, they'll be there. <laughs> so, but thank God he's going to do a work in us. So, okay, three of these, three of these manifestations are not alone. They're not, by your, they're not by yourself. You know, two of them, thank God that when you're alone and no one's with you, holy, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. This is the story of Christmas. God came to earth, God with us. He never leaves us, he never forsakes us. Praise God for that, right? But, um, and yes, he's in the heart of the believer. He lives with you. He goes everywhere you will go. He gives us all I need. But God really set this up. He designed this in such a way that I need you, you need me, you need the person across the room from you, Okay, we need relationship with one another. And you're not going to get, I truly believe this, you will not get everything that God has for you by yourself. And so maybe you came to church because it was like, it's a new year, I need to do something new. Like, you should commit and keep doing this because it's really good for you. Okay, this was a really important, I'm going to read um, Ephesians uh, 2, uh, 2.22. This was a really important verse for us as a church when we started um, we really, like, the, the number 222, 222 kept happening over and over. We still see it all the time. And when I see the number 222, I, I really, it's an encouragement to me. I'm in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. But one of the scriptures that the Lord was highlighting to us over and over before we started the church was this um, Ephesians 222. I'll read uh, verse 19 through 22. It says this, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with 
Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Verse 22, and in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Okay, we, wanted, we want our church to be a place of his presence. And it says here that we are built together to be a building joined together that God lives by his spirit. Let me read this real quick in the, uh, the Amplified Version. I'm just going to read uh, verse 22, by the way. In him and in fellowship with one another, you also being built together into a dwelling place of God in the spirit. You are also being built together into a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. In him and in fellowship with one another. There's a dimension of God's presence that he shows up in a different way. I am in, so enriched by relationships in my life. I am so enriched by um, Christ-centered relationships in my life. And so um, one of the ways that we set the Lord ever before us is reading the word, but also being in fellowship, being in small groups, being in church. I want to encourage you this year to make that a priority. Uh, as a church, again, goals, I'm a, I'm a goal guy. Uh, we have 51 services a year, so we take one off, right? Of those 51 services, I'll be here probably 49, 49 of those. I'm going to take probably two of them off, right? We're going to be here 49 weeks. I want to encourage you to think about that number. Um, maybe 46, 47, 48. Like, make it a priority to be here, you know, that many times. Um, don't, don't fall, like, down into the, you know, every other month category. Make it a priority to be here um, whenever you're in town, as often as you are as in town. I remember this, this story, Pastor John Stocker, I don't see him here, but I remember he told this story when he was a, um, a little boy, that his dad and family, they would go water skiing every Friday and every Saturday, and he said, but every Sunday they went back and they were in church. Every Sunday they were back in church. And um, I know for different reasons, people are traveling, they have vacations, that kind of stuff. Again, we're going to be gone a couple times. I just really want to encourage you, be in fellowship, be connected, be in a small group, it, you, you will be better for it. It's one of the ways we set the Lord ever before us. Okay, last point keep our, to keep our focus on God, to keep Jesus our number one priority, is pursue intimacy with God. Pursue intimacy with God. He wants to be close to you. This is the God we serve. He wants to be close to you. He wants to walk with you. He wants fellowship with you. Um, I'm going to read this, this verse again, Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11. This time it's in the NIV. It says this, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. That's a messianic prophecy about Jesus, but it also applies to us. You uh, make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. We want to be in the presence of the Lord and experience the fullness of joy. I'm going to have my wife come up. I want to illustrate something here. I don't know if you notice this, but he says, verse 8, the Lord is at my right hand. So you're going to be the Lord, okay? The Lord is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Okay, but then it says in verse um, 11, but I'm at the Lord's hand. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. 
well, wait a minute. Is the Lord at my right hand and I'm not shaken? Or is the right hand, or are there pleasures forevermore at his right hand? Okay, so which is it? Someone said both. Watch this. The key here is, I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. He is at my right hand, and I am at his, and there is life and pleasure forevermore in the presence of the Lord. This here, this is a picture of intimacy. This is a picture of closeness. This is a picture that David was talking about, that we would have with God face-to-face closeness. Actually, if you go through and read, um, thank you, by the way, you're lovely. If you read the Hebrew... Um, in this passage, it, it's very intimate language, that the Lord is at my right hand. I'm at his right hand. It actually, if you read all of chapter, um, Psalms chapter 16, it talks about that David says, Lord, you alone are my portion. You are my inheritance. And he, he contrasts it to the, the land that he was allotted and given, but he says, Lord, you alone are my inheritance. Guess what? You're also the Lord's inheritance. It says this in... Um, Ephesians, it talks about that we are, we are his inheritance. We, God inherits us. So we inherit him, and he also inherits us. Okay? And there's this picture of intimacy, this picture of face-to-face connection that God wants to have with you. Okay? I have set the Lord ever before me. He is my priority. He is my, my first priority in my life. And I want to encourage you in this year um, to make that a priority, in this next decade to make that a priority, and you will not regret it. Absolutely will not regret it, okay? <clears throat> We're starting 14 days of prayer and fasting on uh, Wednesday, January 8th. It'll go through Tuesday, January 21st. I want to encourage you, ask the Lord as we intentionally pray, as we intentionally lean as a church. Um, ask the Lord um, to give you vision for this next year, to give you vision for the next decade, to speak things to you. God, what do you want me to give up? God, what do you want me to, to do? God, what are the new things you want to do in my life? And then I will say this. If, if it turns into a goal or something like that, Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision and make it plain. Yeah. Actually, that's a huge key to, to making and keeping a goal is not just saying, I, I like to, you know, I hope you wish you think, write the vision down, make it plain so that the runner may run with it, Right? Write it and then make it measurable. Make it measurable. How many, how many times do you want to read your Bible? Like in a year? How many times do you want to come to church? Or how many times do you want to go to the gym? Whatever it is, make it an actual measurable thing. Put an actual number to it. Um, that's a great way to make a goal. But I want to encourage you, lean into the Lord. And maybe it won't turn into goals, but it'll just turn into like connection with him, you know, uh, being close to him, whatever it is. But I believe God wants to do some amazing things. And we as a church, we're, we're almost two years old. We believe God wants to do some beautiful and amazing things in us and through us. I had this thought as I, as I wrap up here. Um, in the 1920s, um, they called the Roaring Twenties. There was like economic prosperity in the Western world, and it was you know in, both in Europe and in the United States. It was the Roaring Twenties. But I I believe that the 2020s can be the Roaring Twenties, but for the church. Right? That the line of the tribe of Judah would be roaring among us. And so I want to start this off on the right foot. That, that Jesus would be among us. The line of the tribe of Judah would be roaring among us. And the church would do mighty exploits that the world has never seen before. Amen? Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support. And we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m., 
at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.